You're listening to A Stranger Podcast, www.thestranger.com. If you're stuck in a relationship quandary, or if you're looking for sexual harmony, well, there's nothing you can't ask on the Savage Podcast. Let's just get this out of the way right at the top. Um, I failed you, listeners. Uh, and readers, I really did. Uh, a few years ago, I heard about a TED presentation by a woman named Cindy Gallup, who is a uh, advertising executive, 27 years, big deal advertising executive. Uh, and she gave this talk at TED Talks um, about pornography. And she was launching a project that she was calling Make Love, Not Porn. And my brain instantly shut off. I didn't even watch the TED Talk. I really didn't know what Cindy was about. I just assumed this was another person out there ranting and raving about all the damage that porn was doing to men, to the culture, to sex, and it was sort of an anti-porn crusade uh, that people should stop watching pornography and start making love because the two are somehow at at war with each other. And it wasn't until, (laughs) I'm embarrassed to say, a week ago or a couple weeks ago when I flew to L.A., to do the Ricky Lake show, which was on this week. Uh, Ricky's back on the air. Welcome back, Ricky. Uh, that I actually sat in the same room with uh, Cindy Gallup and heard her talk about her project. And the very first thing out of her mouth was something that I could agree with 100,000 billion percent. Uh, she's pro-porn, she said, pro-sex, and pro-knowing the difference. She's launching a new project called Make Love Not Porn TV, and Cindy is going to join me today on the podcast to talk about porn, to talk about Make Love Not Porn and now TV, and to take your questions about porn. Cindy Gallup and me on porn after this. This episode is brought to you by AdamandEve.com. For a limited time only, Adam and Eve will let you pick three free adult DVDs with your order. Just go to AdamandEve.com and enter Savage at checkout. So I have a confession to make. Um, when I first heard the name Make Love Not Porn, I kind of wrote it off. I didn't check it out. It wasn't actually until we were on Ricky Lake together that I started to listen to you. And it was, it was when you said that you are pro-porn, pro-sex, and pro-knowing the difference that my head mm. exploded. Because I've been in this position of defending porn. I'm the one mm. sex advice columnist on earth that a guy can go to and say, I got caught watching porn, tell my wife, girlfriend that I'm not crazy and it isn't cheating and I'm there. Um, And and so I heard Make Love Not Porn and I just assumed it was another stop watching porn. Porn is evil and bad. Porn will destroy you. Tell my listeners uh, that I feel I've failed by not drawing their attention to your (laughs) website and your work sooner. Tell my listeners what Make Love Not Porn is. Sure. And I enormously appreciate that, Dan. Um, I mean, actually, you know, that is the classic knee-jerk reaction I get from a lot of people because... I chose the name Make Love Not Porn when I registered the URL four years ago because I was looking deliberately for a very catchy, memorable soundbite for what, what I wanted to do. And, and it's why I was at enormous pains to spell out in the TED talk with which I launched MakeLoveNotPorn.com the fact that I'm entirely pro-porn. So um, where Make Love Not Porn comes from is um, I'm, I'm a very action-oriented person. When I come across something I feel strongly about, I do something about it. We share that. Good. And so um, I date younger men, have done for some time. Um, They tend to men men, uh, predominantly in their 20s. And through dating younger men, I encountered an issue that would never have crossed my mind if I had not encountered it very personally and directly, which is what happens when you marry the 
ubiquity and ease of free access to porn online today with, and this is the important point, the complete lack of a counterpoint, the complete lack in society of an open, honest discussion around sex and porn. A counter-narrative that would contextualize what uh, we're watching uh, when um, we watch porn. um, Exactly. That would allow people to bring a real-world mindset when they're viewing what is essentially artificial entertainment. So... Um, because I, you know, I encountered all these sexual behavioural memes where I went, whoa, I know where that behaviour is coming from. And Identify if, a couple of know, those memes. Um, well, actually, if you go to makelovenotporn.com, you'll find them because every single screen on that website happened to me, you know, which is why they're there. And, uh, and I should explain, too, that, um, I mean, when I decided something about this, I had no money. And, and so I put up at makelovenotporn.com what is a very basic, very clunky, very minimal website. So uh, what it does is it posts the myths of hardcore porn and it balances them with reality. So the construct is porn world, real world. And, and so, you know, the screens are things like porn world, all men love coming on women's faces and all women love having their faces come on. Um, the real world version of that is actually some people like this and some people don't, you know. And, and it's a really good idea to find out which your partner is and how they feel about it before you go right ahead and spring it on Before them. you do yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. And, 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 and so I explain to people that, um, you know, um, the issue I'm tackling is not porn. The issue I'm tackling is, you know, to, as, as we were discussing, the complete lack of an open, healthy dialogue around it. The assumptions and, people make watching porn and yeah. that porn now functions in our yeah. culture as sex education uh, no, uh, uh, for uh, many... Uh, but, uh, in the absence of anything else. Um, my entire message to Make Love Not Porn boils down to talk about it. And the reason for that is, and again, I, I often have to explain this to people, um, overly porn-influenced sexual behavior is usually driven by the best of all possible motives and not the worst. So we all get enormously vulnerable when we get naked. Sexual egos are very fragile. People find it bizarrely difficult to talk about sex with the person they're actually having it with while they're actually having it because you are terrified of hurting another person's feelings putting them off you, derailing the entire encounter, maybe even derailing the entire relationship. Appearing but, insecure or yeah, inept. Like, yeah. the pressure on women is to perform, yeah, is I, to I, agree. I, the on, pressure on men is this on, competence that they're on expected both, to have. Yeah, yeah, and actually on both men and women these days. And so you will seize your... I mean, you want to make your partner happy. You will seize your cues on how to do that from any way you can. If the only cues you have are from porn, those are the ones you'll take. And so what to, impact is yeah. that having? All these young people, male and well, female, getting all their cues from yeah. porn. What impact is that having right. on people's sex lives and what's the harm that it's doing? Right. Well, it's having very, very wide-ranging impacts, a lot of which, um, again, I often have to explain, are much more fundamental, insidious, and ingrained than anybody realizes. So, um, because MayLoveNotPorn.com is very basic, you will see up there a number of very obvious porn world, real world. You know, porn world, women have no hair down there. You know, real world, actually, some women like to shave and some don't, can get bloody itchy. Um, there, there, there actually are men out there who actively adore Bush, get very turned on by it. And again, it's a matter of personal choice. So that all uh, these women aren't suffering from neck down alopecia, as Tim Minchin yeah, sings. Um, yeah, no, t- yeah, precisely. And in fact, I'm happy to report that um, I actually went Brazilian a number of years ago. Um, you know, t- um, my girlfriend's been saying to me for ages, you must do it. Men love it. My then boyfriend, you know, loved it. Um, actually, about a year ago, I went 
sod this, I can't be bothered anymore. You know, all those little waxings, the pain, the agony. So I've been growing my bush back, and I'm happy to report that um, because I consider myself my own research lab, um, you know, <laughs> I, am, I am absolutely monitoring responses to this. And, and again, I freely admit I date younger men, casually I date a lot of them. And I'm happy to report that, A, um, nobody has found that unwelcome, and B, in fact, quite the opposite, many people have welcomed it. But um, th- um, that, as I said, is one of the more obvious examples mm-hmm. of, um, of the impact porn as default sex education is having. So you're, you're, the, the message of make love, not porn is not don't make porn, don't watch porn. No, no. It's that yeah. when you watch porn, you're doing one thing. When yeah. you're making love, you're doing another. Uh, yeah, uh, uh, precisely, which is why our tagline is pro-sex, pro-porn, pro-knowing the difference. And it's why I was really careful on the stage at TED when I launched MakeLoveNotPorn.com to, to actually say to the crowd, and I'm the only TED speaker who's ever done this, you know, I'm a big fan of hardcore porn and I watch it regularly myself. So um, uh, one impact that, that people really don't think about is... 99.9% of all mainstream porn is made by men for men. Okay, you know, obviously we have pockets of porn made for women, we have feminist porn, but, but predominantly, you know, mass mainstream porn made by men for men. Therefore, the entire raison d'etre, the be-all and end-all of every single mainstream porn scene is to get the man off. As a result, an entire generation of guys and girls are growing up believing the entire raison d'etre, the be-all and end-all of sex, is to get the man off. So I'm 52, okay? I am old enough to remember back in the day when it was enormously important to the men I slept with that I came, that I came first, that I came at least once, if not several times. If I did not come, the sex session was a failure. No one was going anywhere till I came, Mm -hmm. okay? Those are the good old days. Um, (laughs) These days... I don't come, and it's not even remarked upon. And by the way, um, I am very selective about whom I date. Um, although I freely admit I date younger men casually, I have one fundamental criteria. They have to be a very nice person. Um, I have great radar for very nice people. I only date utterly lo- lovely younger men, and this, this is an issue. And, and that's because, you know, po- um, literally I see them modelling this body language in bed. This is the centre of the universe, She's it's pointing all, at her crotch. Yeah, it's all about and her them. imaginary dick. Yeah, yeah it's, it's all about them. Uh-huh. And and equally, mainstream porn does not teach young women how to expect, ask for, demand, and actually enable their own pleasure. Okay, and and, and that's a really fundamental, ingrained impact. I do that in my column about. constantly. One of the things I feel like I've been doing for twenty mm. years is telling women that they have to be their own mm. best advocates in the sack for their own pleasure. They have to be as sort of aggressive and entitled Absolutely. as guys can be. Absolutely, yeah. To advocate yeah. for yeah. themselves. Yeah. No, I, um, I couldn't agree more, which is, and, and by the way, where that starts is every single woman in the world should own a vibrator. I agree. You know, because it starts with masturbation, and it starts with female masturbation, and, and as we know, that is proportionally way, way lower as something that women do versus what all men do. Absolutely. And the problem and, with that is, if you don't know how to yeah, get no, you off, no, no, how are you going to yeah, show him how yeah, to get no, you uh, off? No, uh, no, precisely. Guys, uh, guys, when yeah. they become sexually active, have been yeah. beating off for five years, ten years, yeah. fifteen yeah. years, some of them, sadly enough. Women arrive at sex, yeah. so many of them, never having... Yeah. It had an orgasm, never having masturbated, never really yep. having explored their arousal pattern yep. and what it feels like, yep. and are flying blind. Yep. No, and that's a, sometimes, yep. I think, an unfair burden on the guys. Men, men want to make women come. Um, I mean, women want to make women come, you know, I mean, wh- 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 whichever way you, you know, you're paying it. And the trouble is that, um, you know, if you get no guidance, um, if it's not a kind of mutual experience and exploration, then, then, then it ain't going to happen. When I said earlier I am my own research lab, 
I've, I, I therefore totally know how difficult it is to have these conversations. Because even I, and, and by the way, I hasten to add, in my TED talk, when I said, you know, as a mature, confident, experienced older woman, I'm, I'm totally fine accepting a certain amount of rehabilitation, re-education, reorientation has to take place. I mean, I was making that comment lightheartedly. Mm-hmm. Um, but obviously, um, I know exactly what it's like to wrestle with, okay, um, do, do I talk to him about this? Um, and I've absolutely been in a situation where I go, oh, my God, you know, if I bring this up, if I start addressing this in any way at all, it is totally going to change the dynamics of this experience. Do I want to? And then I go, I have to do this for every other woman he will ever sleep with in the rest of his life. Um, but, 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 but it's just as difficult for me, you know, and, and, and I, will, I will try and be enormously sensitive, and I'm confident enough to do that. And, and I will find, you know, the moment I start suggesting that something isn't quite, you know, the, the guy will go... What's wrong? What's wrong? And, and he will get agitated and insecure. And so, so you know, I'm, I'm thrilled to have the opportunity to talk about Make Love Not Porn and what I've been working on and working to make happen for the past um, four years now in total. And one of the things that I do want to be very public about is how extraordinarily difficult it has been for me and my team to build and bring to life Make Love Not Porn TV. Um, and I want to make this public because every obstacle we encounter is exactly the reason why we're doing what we're doing. Um, so, first of all, um, it took me two years to find funding for Make Love Not Porn TV, which is, by the way, extremely ironic. Because in theory, I should be every tech venture capitalist and investor's wet dream, literally. I have an idea enabled by technology that is designed to disrupt a sector worth billions of dollars in a way that is both socially beneficial and potentially very lucrative. But because that sector is porn and the social benefits of sexuality, no VC would come anywhere near me. You know, and I tried. VC venture capitalist. Uh, venture capitalist, yeah. Um, so I finally found an angel investor, an, an individual who got it, who put up the small amount of seed funding um, that I needed to actually be able to make this venture happen. I closed on that funding last fall. I then could not get my hands on the actual money for two whole months because I could not find a single bank that would allow me to open a business banking account for a business that has the word porn in the name, even though the name of the businesses make love not porn and even though we have a social mission. And by the way, I still have not been able to. You know, I, I park the funds in my holding company account, but I've been turned down by every bank in America. I've been turned down, by the way, by these startup banks, you know, Silicon Valley Bank, Square One Bank. You know, they will not let me bank with them because of the name of my business and the nature of it. Um, I That's want- insane. Uh, Absolutely. What, what bank insane. in America would turn down the Marriott Corporation, well, which makes hundreds of millions of dollars every year renting well, porn to horny well, businessmen well, in hotel rooms? Uh, 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 well, I would like to use the opportunity of this podcast to put the call out there. If anybody out there listening to this owns a bank, because that's the level it has to be at, and would like to give me a business banking account for Make Love Not Porn, please, I- I'd love to talk to you. Um, I wanted. And uh, how do people get a hold of you? Uh, and they can email me, Cindy at makelovenotporn.com. Um, or make love not TV, whichever. We have a lot of bankers who listen yeah. to my show. Oh, good. Okay. Well, seriously, I, I, I want to talk to bankers. Um, I wanted um, Pivotal Labs um, to build Make Love Not Porn TV originally. They're the brilliant software company that built If We Ran the World, my other startup. Because of the nature of what Make Love Not Porn TV is, they passed. My single biggest operational challenge has been putting our payments infrastructure in place. Because we are what the world deems adult content, we therefore cannot work with PayPal. We can't work with Google Checkout. We can't work with Amazon. We cannot work with any of the standard, you know, merchant partner payment gateways and processors. Um, 
I got so frustrated by this that I said to my CTO, we are trying to invent the future of porn. I want to talk to anybody inventing the future of money. Let's find the people as frustrated with the old world order financial system of, of money and payments as we are from a different perspective, and let's work with them. So we went out and researched every financial tech startup we could, um, and now we're working with Ben Milne of Dwalla, which is a PayPal challenger. You know, we've, we found solutions. But um, I have to tell you that... Um, this has been a very difficult journey. There have been many moments when I've felt so demoralised and so demotivated by having to fight every obstacle society can possibly throw at me to, to not let this happen, that I've wanted to give up regularly along the way. And then, you know, what has stopped me is that every time I've felt that, I get another one of those heart-rending emails that people write to me. And they write and say things like, you know, this is about makelovenotporn.com. This website does a fantastic job just by existing. I cannot thank you enough. And, and that's what's kept me and my team going. But, but I really want people to know that um, this is why um, I want to make real-world sex socially acceptable and socially shareable. I want to break down the ridiculousness, the hypocrisy and the puritanism that exists around this whole area where the moment you utter the word sex, even with a business with a social mission like mine, the shutters come down. And the you social, have to stop that happening. The social mission is to contextualize porn in a way that it's that it no longer harms relationships. It's hard the, for me to talk about porn harming relationships because uh, I'm always in this position of having to defend the, porn. But porn can harm a relationship if somebody's coming to sex with unrealistic expectations about how it'll work, how again, it should work. Like it's, you believe that porn on some level as it exists right now is damaging people's um, relationships. Uh, again, uh, I go back to the issue is not porn. The issue is the complete lack of a counterpoint to porn. Mm -hmm. As long as we fail as a society... But you, to, you agree that porn yeah. is damaging relationships absent that counterpoint, absent that but, counterweight. I do not say porn is damaging relationships. I say our society's attitude towards sex is damaging relationships. And, and what happens around porn is one manifestation of that. But porn is creating this negative feedback loop. It's reinforcing those attitudes about sex. Only in the absence of an open, healthy dialogue that would enable people to bring a real-world mindset mm -hmm. uh, to watching porn and would also enable them not to feel so fucking guilty and screwed up about watching it. Part of the problems that we're dealing with, and, and the issues coming through those questions loud and clear, is the way society makes us feel about a perfectly natural, normal, normal healthy human urge and how screwed up it makes us about that. That's why I say I want to socialize sex. And what Make Love Not Porn .com does, and hopefully now Make Love Not Porn .tv will do, is what I'm trying to get my son to do, you know, I have a teenage son, is to view porn critically. That porn is kabuki, I've always called it yep. kabuki sex. And you don't go to kabuki theater and leave the theater and expect the world to look like kabuki theater. You don't watch porn, kabuki sex, and expect real sex is going to look like kabuki sex. I had an early experience with someone, uh, you know, being a big homosexual like I am, where I was having sex with this guy, and he was putting us into this odd and awkward position mm. that I, and I'm not a big porn viewer, mm. and I never have been, yeah. and I couldn't understand yeah. it, and then I realized, oh, yeah. oh, this is the camera angle, without a camera in the room, yeah. no, absolutely. he's putting us in this oh, yeah. position, because this is the position he's yeah. seen these acts performed in, yeah. it's the whole, like, fucking someone with your hand down on one yeah, side, yeah, and your yeah. hip turned out, yeah. It's like, dude, there's no cameras yeah. here. Jeff Stryker isn't yeah. fucking you. Stop it. Yeah. No, no and, and, and that's why, Dan, it's so interesting to me. Um, although MakeLoveNotPorn.tv is a few weeks old in, in live, live beta, I continue to get those emails every day about MakeLoveNotPorn.com. And the people who write to me, they come across it and they find it a total revelation. 
So, you know, I get emails like the one from a young woman who wrote to me and said, the five minutes it took me to read your website completely changed my view of sex. She said, I'm 27. No, but how how do you say that without copying to what you're doing is undoing some of the damage done by porn? When five minutes at your website changes someone's attitudes towards sex, sort of deprograms them, alters their expectations that have been created by porn. What it does is it empowers them. So her email said, I've been dating guys for years who did everything they saw in porn. I did everything I saw in porn. You know, and I kidded myself, I liked it. Even though I regularly felt degraded and abased, I read your website and I realised it didn't have to be like that. I didn't have to do that. I could say I don't want to do that. Um, We are building a platform and tools to be what I call sexual social currency. Mm -hmm. We are giving people ways to talk about this with their partners openly that do not otherwise exist because of this, as I said... But but this woman was in this position because she was... In the absence of anything else. In the absence of anything else. I'm sorry, Dan. I'm I'm really going to stick to my guns on this one. I I want to be very, very clear about this. It is in the absence of feeling able to talk openly and healthily. um, uh, uh, Think about the conversations we have with our friends. Um, We we share restaurants. We share restaurant recommendations. We go through every detail of what we eat. We do not share our sex lives. Okay, um, we obviously do if we're in a very close, intimate relationship, but but we don't talk naturally and normally about things that happen to everybody. I mean, one of the reasons I'm doing Make Love Not Porn on TV is I want to show people the same shit happens to all of us. Mm -hmm. We never talk about it. We go, oh, my God, that was so excruciating embarrassing. I can never speak to anyone about this ever. And you don't. You know, and it's because we never feel able to do that, that we have these issues where we don't know what, what is coming from porn and what isn't. But you are arming people who may have been carried along in the tide by the tide of pornography, you're giving them a canoe and an oar so they can row to the place where they want to be yeah, absolutely. and not be carried yeah. along by yeah. false expectations being imposed yeah. on yeah. them yeah. or them put, imposing yeah. those expectations yeah. on themselves. You're, you know, this yeah. woman you yeah. just spoke yeah. of was doing things she didn't enjoy yeah. because she thought they yeah. were expected. She thought she yeah. enjoyed them because porn had kind of programmed mm. her in a way. And you're deprogramming yeah, um, people. Well, well um, all I'm doing is make people think differently about the solar area. So, you know, I get emails from men, you know, from young guys. Who, and, and I get um, emails from every level of society. And so I get very entertaining, very kind of, um, you know, t- uh, misspelled. And, you know. and so one guy wrote to me <laughs> and said, um, you know, came across the website and thought about myself and... I realized that actually, yeah, I do always do what I see in porn. I, you know, I have the same routine. I go oral, you know, anal, reverse, cal- I'm going to mix it up in the future. You know, so, I, I, yeah, I'm, I'm making everybody think about what they're doing and, and, and think about it differently. Will you hang out and take some questions? Yeah, absolutely. Here we go. Hey, Dan, uh, this is John from New York. Um, I have a 12-year-old daughter. Um, my wife and I did a sex talk not too long ago. went pretty well. But now I feel like we kind of maybe soon have to have a porn talk with her, too. Um, I'm just starting to think that the you know guys in the next few years who she's going to maybe start being with are going to have seen a lot of um, a lot of porn and might be expecting her to you know act the same way and do those kinds of things. Um, and it would be great to hear your advice to how to talk to her and expect what's what's coming and also uh don't have a son but um if you were to give advice to a son at the same time you know how to treat them respectfully you know how to know the difference between what you see online and real life it's a huge issue for parents in a way it didn't used to be when i was growing up porn was playboy penthouse a few magazines when i was i'm almost the same age that you are i'm 47 there were no vcrs when i was a teenager 
Porn was print. Porn was Playboy. Yep. Um, but this is a huge issue for parents yep, absolutely. now. Younger and younger kids exposed to porn. You give them an iPhone. They've got access to the whole world of porn. What do you say to a 12-year-old girl? Right. So I hear from a lot of parents because of Make Love Not Porn. And, and I speak to a lot of parents. And um, one of the things I have to really urge them to do is to have the sex and porn conversation as early as possible. So um, a few years back, an internet service provider did a survey that showed that the average age at which kids first viewed hardcore porn online was 11. This year, it's deemed to have dropped to 8. And by the way, my anecdotal experience bears that out. And the important thing here is 8-year-olds don't go looking for porn. Um, that, that statistic is a function of what you're shown on somebody's cell phone in the playground, what happens when you go around to the neighbor's house, it doesn't matter what parental controls you have at home, or eight-year-olds do something really cute and innocent, like they Google penis, <laughs> and one or two clicks away is something that they never, ever expect to find. And if you are one of the, and, and, and again, there are no stats in this area, but by my estimation, given who I talk to, if you're one of the less than 5% of parents who are actually willing to talk to your children about sex, and by the way, talk to your children about sex ranges along the spectrum from, you know, all the way from here are some columns in on it, through to sitting down and having an in-depth conversation. Um, back in the day, the conversation used to be logistical. So once upon a time, the conversation was, mm -hmm. this goes into this, when a man loves a woman, the birds and the bees. The conversation you need to have as a parent today goes, so darling, we know you're online. And we know you're looking at hardcore porn. And we just have to explain to you that not all women like to be tied up, choked, gangbang, bound, raped, and have men come all over them. And actually, not all men like doing that either. 100% of parents do not want to have that conversation. And so, you know... It was the, I just had that conversation with my son, who's 14, so probably what? a little tardy. You know, we've had conversations about mm. porn before, but we had a very... He and I sat mm. down and had a very explicit conversation. And, and, you know, one of the things I told him was, from my perspective of you know, my occasional viewings of mm. straight porn is that it's really curdled by resentment. Like, porn is produced by men for men, straight porn, and a lot of it is made for men who can't get laid or aren't getting laid. And so it's shot through, I think, often with anger. Like, they're attracted to these women, they can't have them, so there's a lot of sort of acting out of anger. And I warned him that a lot of what you're going to see in porn, you can't, you don't want to adopt that sort of, like, hostility as your own because that's the hostility of men who can't get laid, and you're going to get laid. But you can't bring that into your erotic imagination, into your sex life. What should he say to his 12-year-old right. daughter? Um, so, um, what, uh, what he should say is, he should say this in the knowledge that she is already watching porn, uh, by the way. It's not about, you know, um, what will the boyfriend she, she's going to have want to, want to do with her. Um, to, uh, and actually, um, what I would say to him is, show her MakeLoveNotPorn.com. Because I've had a huge amount of parents write to me and say, I cannot thank you enough for doing this. And a bunch of them, by the way, go, thank you so much. I could just send it to my kids. I didn't have to have the actual conversation. You know, <laughs> so, so, so actually, um, it, it is a way of short-circuiting the conversation because it's very simple. It's very straightforward. It's funny. It's lighthearted. But it makes the point. And it walks you through the memes, the cliches, yep, yep, the um, tropes yep, of the yep, genre and yep. unpacks them uh, in a smart way. Exactly. And so um, I would say to John, use MakeLoveNotPorn.com as a jumping-off point and the platform for a dialogue with your daughter in the course of which, by the way, because, again, a lot of parents make this mistake. They find it so awkward and embarrassing that they kind of put the kid in receive mode and they are in like transmit mode and, uh -huh. here's what you, you know, and, and I would say literally have a dialogue use makelovenotporn.com as a platform to find out what your daughter has already seen 
what she thinks about what she's seen, and, and have a conversation which, again, this is what people tell me anecdotally, makelovenotporn.com allows the two of you to have an objective platform in the middle where you can both riff off of it to say things that if it was just the two of you, you might have real trouble saying to each other. Okay, so what did you think of, what, what's your POV on the way, you know, what I said to my son right. about I think right. a lot of porn is okay. shot through. Not with, I wouldn't say misogyny, I think it's shot through with mm. thoughtless resentment that that the porn is packaging desire and showing you sex and also retribution in a way because these women won't fuck you right so interestingly my observation is that many of the things that all of us find deplorable in porn are entirely driven by its business problems as an industry so Porn is like any other industry sector that I study as a business consultant um, who, you know, with my consulting hat on, I work across a vast range of industry sectors. Porn has gotten so big, it's gotten conventional. Porn now has norms and rules and conventions, which is why so much of it is so repetitive and boring. It has totally fallen prey to that syndrome of collaborative competition. Collaborative competition is where everybody in a sector competes with everybody else in a sector by doing exactly the same thing everybody else in the sector is doing. And it's tanking because its old world order business model has been destroyed by the advent of free porn online, and it hasn't found its way to inventing a new one. Every dynamic I've just cited is also true of music, broadcasting, publishing, journalism, and advertising. Journalism, I was going to say yeah. journalism. Yeah. And, and so what you have is, you know, except obviously this is much more emotive in a porn context, you have porn as commodity, lots of porn production companies going, oh my God, they've just brought out that, we should do that too. You know, um, a young friend of mine, a 20-something woman who works in a porn production company in the Valley, said to me, you know, one day we bring out my new black stepdad, next day everyone's brought out my new black stepdad. You know, so, and, and, and so, actually, um, what you're talking about is not simply the manifestation of misogynism. It, it is literally, um, production companies think that is what is going to sell in porn because it's what everybody else is selling in porn. And that's a real mistake. And that's what, one, of the, one of the things that I am working to explode with MakeLoveNotPorn.tv. Now, so what is MakeLoveNotPorn.tv as opposed to MakeLoveNotPorn.com? Right. What are people going to find there? Right. So, MakeLoveNotPorn.tv was entirely inspired by the extraordinary response to MakeLoveNotPorn.com that I never envisaged when when I put that very basic little site up. So, um, in the three and a half years since I launched MakeLoveNotPorn.com, I've had no money, time, resources, funds to spend on it. My primary startup is called If We Around the World. You know, I consult to pay the mortgage. But on zero promotion from me... MakeLoveNotPorn.com gets an average of 3,000 unique visitors per day. Um, it's gone global, gets traffic from 180 countries. I'm doing nothing proactively about this. But most poignantly, I get and, and have been getting emails to my Make Love Not Porn inbox every single day about it. And I get them from young and old, male and female, um, straight and gay, from all around the world. And even before the content I put up there, what blows people away is simply the fact that I stood on the stage in public and I talked about and I'm doing something about what everybody knows but nobody ever speaks about. And so people feel able to tell me anything. I mean, you will totally know this. They, <laughs> they pour their hearts out to me on email. They tell me things about their sex lives and their poor watching habits they've never told anybody else before. They write massive long emails to me. And it was those emails over time that made me begin feeling that I had a huge personal responsibility to take Make Love Not Porn forwards in a way that would make it much more far-reaching, helpful, and effective. 
I didn't choose to do that. Okay, I didn't set out to have two stars. By which you mean to say you are now a pornographer? Um, no, I'm not a pornographer. Okay, <laughs> and I, and I, I'm going to come on and challenge that term. Okay. Um, so. Um, uh, I had to think really long and hard about how I did take it forward because I'm tackling, as you know, a very big, very difficult, very complicated area. So I decided to tackle it my own very small way. But in the way that I think I'm best suited to, coming from a background of 27 years working in advertising, which was to find a way to try and embed what I'm doing in popular culture in a way that will make it so entertaining, engaging and compelling that people won't get what I'm really doing, which, of course, at a fundamental level is educating. Plus, I also had to come up with a way to make what I wanted to do potentially very scalable. Because if I want to counter the impact of porn as default sex education, I have to create something that has the potential to be as mass, as mainstream, and as all-pervasive in our society today as porn currently is. So as you can hear, I set myself some very big goals. Yes, you did. And so um, what I decided to do was, first of all, to turn Make Love Not Porn into a business, which it wasn't previously, because I needed to come up with something that could fund, you know, scalability. And then I decided to take every dynamic that exists out there in social media currently and apply them to the one area that no social media network or platform has ever gone or will ever dare to go, which is sex. So I want to socialise sex. I want to make real-world sex socially acceptable and therefore socially shareable in a way that, to be honest, nobody has ever achieved to date. So how does, you know, at, at makelovenotporn.tv, yep. you're taking submissions. Well, um, so makelovenotporn.tv is a user-generated, crowdsourced platform for real-world sex videos with a high incentive business model. And how is that different than the sort of right. boom and amateur porn, right. in okay. the, which began as soon as yep. people had so, video cameras in their hands? Amateur porn right. was, is itself kind of right. a trope and a cliche of P- the precisely. porn industry now. So I regularly have to explain to people that 99.9% of all porn on the internet billed as amateur isn't. It's made by professional production companies, mastering as amateur, because that is what people want to see. Those dorm rooms don't exist, you know. And, 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 and by <laughs> oh, the way, you're crushing and, my, you're breaking my heart. And, with and, that. and by the way, um, I have a huge issue with the. There term. aren't dorm rooms full of straight frat boys uh, who um, have st- gay sex all the time. Bizarrely enough, not. <laughs> and and strangely enough, um, to, uh, well, I have a huge issue with the term amateur, because what it implies is that the only people doing it right are the professionals, and the rest of us are bumbling idiots. Mm-hmm. And I could not disagree more. And even the um, the sites that tell you that they're real people having real sex. So, for example. Homegrown video builds itself as the largest, oldest amateur porn site on the net. Okay, homegrown video says to you, you know, we're real people having real sex. If you go to the submissions page on homegrown video, I don't know if you ever have done that. No, I haven't. But um, first of all, homegrown video tells you where to place the camera when you film yourselves. So you capture all the same camera angles as in porn. Their submissions categories are the same as in porn, anal, deep throat. And then homegrown video tells you how to film yourselves. So in the anal sex submissions category, homegrown video says to you, and by the way, you can go to the page and check all this out. So um, our viewers really like to think it's the girl's first time. So when you feel yourselves having anal sex, please could you have the girl say to the camera, ooh, it's my first time, I'm really nervous. And then it's really important, therefore, when you film yourselves having anal sex, that the girl is seen to be wincing and going, ooh, ah, ooh, ah, get off it. That is not real people having real sex. Our core value proposition resides in the fact that Everybody wants to know what everybody else is really doing in bed, and nobody does. And we're showing them. We, um, and that's why we say we're not porn, we're not amateur, we're real-world sex. Real-world sex. Yeah. And so you are soliciting videos from yep. people who are a part of the Make Love Not Porn movement um, to show their real-world real yeah, sex um, yeah, that they enjoy. Yeah. That For some people, is going to be – you know, there's right. going to be a selection bias there. 
Right. You, so, you're going to want it. So, Someone's going to have to be a bit of an exhibitionist. So, They're going to no, have watched no, porn? No, no, um, no, no, not at all. So, uh, I mean, um, I wouldn't make no, a video. Um, well, well, so, well so, um, so let me tell you my experience, because, because again, people jump to conclusions about what I'm doing that are wrong, wrong, wrong. Don't hit me. So, no, 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 I'm wincing. It's my first time. But obviously, um, uh, we, um, you know, we've built Make Love Not Porn to be as a platform that we put out there and we invite you to submit your own real world sex. We had to seed the platform pre-launch, mm-hmm. you know, because we had to have a small amount of content there to start with that would help guide expectations and give people a sense of the kind of thing we're looking for, what we stand for, what we're all about. So I have spent quite a bit of my time over the past nine months asking complete strangers to video themselves having real-world sex for me. And by the way, we, we focused for pre-launch contributions on people who have never done this before. So I stayed away from my friends in the sex-positive community, um, partly because we're in stealth mode. I didn't want anyone writing about what we're doing ahead of time. Mm-hmm. But also because my friends there are often too practiced. This isn't about performing for the camera. It's about simply recording what goes on in the real world. So every time I had a conversation about makelovenotporn.tv, I would always end it with a question... So, would you be interested in contributing content? And I would always ask this question regardless of whether I personally thought the person I was talking to would or not. I have to tell you, 99.9% of the time, the answer is yes. To the extent that I've I've had to literally force my facial features to remain immobile because I want to go, what? um, (laughs) I've discovered that the desire to do this lies a lot closer to the surface within many more people than you would ever have thought. So what was and, the barrier and, to entry and, for um, and given, know, yeah, X-Tube existed and, before MakeLoveNotPorn.tv. Um, why, why weren't these people already um, no, posting no, uh, um, no, uh, um, no, um, no, because X-Tube totally plays to what you're talking about, exhibitionistic, you know mm-hmm. what to... I'm talking to everyday people, my friends, the people I meet in a business context, and when you talk about this and you give them an excuse... You give them social values and a social mission and what Make Love Not Porn is all about, they jump at the chance. And, and, and part of what, what we've designed and built with MakeLoveNotPorn.tv is we set out, as I said, to make real-world sex socially acceptable and socially shareable and to build a social online experience that makes you take one look at it as people in our private beta are currently and going, wow, that looks like fun, I want to do that. And what I explain to people is, think about your Facebook timeline. Think about all of those celebrations of relationships that appear in your timeline. The engagement announcements, the wedding proposals, the decorations of love. All we are doing is creating a space for the last dimension of human experience you are not currently allowed to celebrate anywhere else. So I find it very funny that a journalist called me from the Huffington Post two weeks ago, and she wanted to talk to me about a piece she was writing on the fact that Tumblr, Instagram, Facebook are clamping down on porn. And so her question to me was, you know, so do you think, Sydney, that this is a problem that all social media sites encounter once they get big enough? You know, what can they do about it? And so I said to her, first of all, I think it's a huge problem they call it a problem. Okay? Because if you're a social media site um, or a social network, it's a tribute to you that you've reached the stage where your community want to share themselves in a sexual context. And I said, and the second problem is that Tumblr and Instagram and Facebook call this porn because they are classifying nudity, sexual self-expression, and they are calling porn simply, you know, sex is personality. Who we are sexually, how we self-identify and self-express in a sexual context is as much a part of us as any other talent, skill, or trait we currently publicly showcase on Facebook, Tumblr, Instagram. And I said, and thirdly, I bloody love the fact they think it's a problem because, whoa, ship them over here. MakeLoveNotPorn.tv will have you any day. Come and self-identify and self-express sexually with us. When do we get the Make Love Not Porn app? 
Um, well, um, t- well, first of all, um, no app store will ever take us. Well, we are mobile, by the way. Mm-hmm. You know, so, so you can access us you know, on your phone, on your mobile device, um, as well as online. Let's take but, another question. Sure. Hi, Jan. So my boyfriend and I have been dating for almost five years. We don't live together, but we spend most of our nights together. But in this last particular year, we've been kind of butting heads about one area of our sex life, which is masturbating in the other room while your partner is at your house visiting you. So the first time this happened, we were actually sitting together in his living room, and he said he was going to go take a shower. And he then proceeded to try to inconspicuously hide his laptop under his bath towel that was in the living room to take in the bathroom with him. I mean, when I think of this now, like, obviously I'm chuckling because he obviously was horny and he needed desperately to do something about it. And he didn't want me to feel bad that he was going out on a solo venture and I was in his house. So long story short, though, I told him, you know, if you need space, I won't be offended if you ask for it. I'd rather give you your alone time if you need it. You know, knowing you're jerking off in the other room just makes me want to jump in there and join in the fun, but that's not really what he wants. So I just kind of end up feeling left out. So I think if he wants to be alone, he should be able to be alone. We keep running into this situation several times, and he always seems to feel embarrassed or ashamed, but it doesn't keep him from doing it. I don't want him to feel embarrassed or ashamed, and I've said that over and over again. This isn't about embarrassment or shame. I just want this boundary in place. We have a really good understanding about masturbating and porn. We do it solo, and we do it together. I'm just starting to get frustrated about this because I keep asking him to just ask for space, and sometimes I leave knowing it's going to happen. Or to just ask me, I'd be happy to join in the fun. But, I mean, it just happened this morning, too. He got out of bed a few minutes before me, and I was actually looking to having some amazing morning sex. But by the time he came back into bed, I was naked, pressing my body against him, trying to seduce him, and he literally didn't respond. So, I mean, we don't hide porn from each other. It's just not something we do. So right there on his computer in the middle of the living room is the porn video he just watched. So, I mean, it's not about porn. It's not about masturbating. It's just about me asking him to ask for alone time so that he can be alone when he does that. Because I want to be alone when I do that. I don't want him in the other room. When he's in the other room, I want him to join in the fun. So what do I do, Dan? Listeners? Do I just move on and realize this isn't going to really change? Or do I try one more time to make them understand this is just one boundary that I would like to have set? This question comes up a lot in the pornified universe that there are, you know, someone will write. Sometimes, often, the girlfriend, almost always the girlfriend, sometimes the boyfriend, that their partner is sneaking off with a laptop to jerk off rather than fuck them, rather than be intimate with them. Um, yeah, but although in this case, Dan, um, it wasn't sneaking off with a laptop. Um, the issue was not um, masturbating to porn. The issue was just masturbating on your own. That's true. Um, and, and, and from my perspective... With a laptop. Uh, to, uh, well, um, from, uh, uh, from my perspective, there is sex with a partner and there is masturbation. They're both wonderful and a great, um, healthy, enjoyable sex life um, consists of both. You know, so I actually see nothing wrong at all with 
you know, um, when the two of you are in a relationship, either one of you um, going off to masturbate on your own, because it is a different kind of experience. It's not as if they were interchangeable. You know, I mean, I mean the fact of the matter is, um, you know, and I'm sure a lot of women will testify to this, you know, you, um, you, you will make it to orgasm a damn sight more easily with a vibrator than you will necessarily with a real-world partner. Um, similarly with men as well, um, on occasion. And so I think it's absolutely fine, you know, to, um, to um, you know, my, my advice here would be, just, you know, let your boyfriend masturbate when he wants to masturbate. Um, I'm assuming you have a really great sex life the rest of the time because you haven't said that, you, that, that, you, that you're your, feeling you, your shared sex life is, is not... You That's know, true. Usually yeah. when I get yeah. this complaint, it's like it's only masturbate. We're yeah. not having sex, yeah. but he's jerking yeah. off all the time. Yeah. Yeah. To porn. Yeah. No, to, uh, and, um, and uh, you know, I, 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 in fact, I, I have one, one conversation that goes, we have a great relationship, we have a great sex life, we're both free to masturbate whenever we want, you know, end of conversation, and let's just, let's just live our lives accordingly. It's awkward, though, to get up from the couch and say, well, I'm going to go rub one out back well, in ten. Well, so, um, um, well, the thing is, um, he said he was going to take a shower, and, and, and the point here is that if you think that's what he's doing, that's fine. That is a little excuse. I mean, we all, in our daily lives, make, make excuses for things that are intended to um, be pleasanter to other people. I'm going to go powder you know. my nose. Yeah, I mean, yeah, exactly. And, and, and so I think there's nothing wrong with that. And, you know, as long as that is not detracting from your own sex life, you know, if it was you know, you were never getting laid, but he was wanking off all the time, then okay, that, um, that, that would be more of an issue, but that doesn't appear to be the issue um, as, as I've heard it in this question. This episode is brought to you by adamandeve.com. For a limited time only, Adam and Eve will let you pick three free adult DVDs with your order. Go to adamandeve.com and order almost any one item at 50% off. Choose a new adult toy, lube, or almost anything from over 18,000 adult products. Then at checkout, enter offer code SAVAGE and you'll get to choose three free adult DVDs. That's right. You get to choose your own DVDs. Plus, receive a free mystery gift and free shipping on your entire order. Choose from all kinds of genres for both gay and straight folks. And now you can also shop on your mobile phone at Adam and Eve. That's adamandeve.com and enter Savage at checkout. Hi, Dan. I'm a 23-year-old straight female, and I really enjoy watching gay porn. That's my preferred porn to watch. And my boyfriend thinks that this must mean that I want to have anal sex, which I've had anal sex before with previous with a previous boyfriend, and to me it just felt like I had to poop. With my current boyfriend, I haven't wanted to have anal sex because it's not very enjoyable to me, and his dick is a lot bigger than my previous boyfriend, so I'm a little concerned there. So I don't know what you think. Does me watching a gay porn really mean that I want? Yeah, oh my God, I watch loads of gay porn. And I watch loads of gay porn because it gives me what I want to see as a straight woman, which is hot male bodies, cocks and the camera lingering on all of that. <clears throat> and actually, um, but I also find, you know, um, a, lot of, a lot of gay porn is actually much more um, featuring loving interaction. Really? The kind I tend to like. Yeah, I'm a big, I'm a big fan of uh, Lucas Entertainment, mm-hmm. Michael Lucas' stuff, you know. Um, so, so, uh, um, so first of all, because there's several issues wrapped up here, obviously. Um, 
you know, um, the fact the fact that straight women like watching gay porn is totally unsurprising, given how much straight porn caters to straight men and not to straight women. Um, and by the way, one of my side bugbears is that I would like to see a damn sight more boy-on-boy action in straight porn. Loads of girl-on-girl, um, which incidentally, you know, I'm, I'm regrettably boringly straight. Girl-on-girl does nothing for me. I, I would love to see boy-on-boy. Now, I know, I know a lot of women who don't like boy-on-boy because they don't, you know, guys watch, girl, straight guys watch girl-on-girl and they think what they need is a penis. Like, what they need is dick mm. and I can jump in there and mm. I have a role to play. I, I know from talking to my straight female friends who don't like gay porn that they don't see how their vagina brings anything uh, uh, to that interaction. They can't jump in there. Uh, I want to see, uh, again, I, um, I, I would disagree that I don't think the reason all men like watching girl on girl is because they think they can bring a penis into the... I think, you know, men like watching girl on girl because it's hot to see two girls having sex in the same way that I but, think... But seeing two girls having sex doesn't negate you as a, as a sexual actor, yeah, yeah. which where a lot of straight women, they're hang up with, like, their boyfriends making it with another guy or, or gay sex is it negates the female as the actor. I don't like, see... The guys have dicks and they have orifices and they don't need anything but two women with I no strap on need a dick god almighty i think so i'm not saying that's how what i think I, i'm saying that's what right, the thought process okay, of a guy who's watching okay, i think I, I think some people are seriously overthinking watching gay porn in that case <laughs> because because i'm just watching gay porn going hot men and and hot men interacting with each other makes me hot in the same way that watching hot women interacting with each other makes both men and other women hot okay let's, let's that, talk about her question okay, yeah, yeah yeah her boyfriend she yeah, watches gay porn yeah, she likes so, gay porn probably for the right, same reason you like yeah, it hot guys yeah. And her boyfriend is kind of leveraging yep. that against her uh, yep, to get no, his dick uh, in her uh, ass. No, 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 exactly. And so, you know, um, t- uh, let's pull these two issues apart because, no, I mean, he is bloody using her love of gay porn to go, let's have anal sex because that's what you really want. And, um, um, and, uh, and so separate that out because her answer to him can totally be, I just like watching gay porn because it's hot men and I don't see enough of them in straight porn. Um, you know what the, her answer to him should be? Uh, Yes, that's why I watch gay porn because I want to have anal sex. Yes, let's have anal sex. I have a strap on. I'm yeah, going to fuck no, your no, ass. No, no, no. So I was going to come on to that because um, I, f- I find it very interesting that so, so one of the real world sex videos we have um, on Make Love Not Porn at TV at the moment is from um, a wonderful duo called Violet and Rye, um, not not their real names, um, and it's of pegging. So it's Violet pegging Rye. And it's, it's one of our most popular real-world sex videos at the moment, um, which, which slightly surprised us, actually. And so uh, I was going to say, you know, I think that there is... Again, I'm a huge believer in interactive dialogues because when you get one person talking at another, and, you know, and, and sort of butting heads, then you really don't get anywhere. So um, I would say that um, the, the answer to um, this latest dilemma could be to open up a dialogue with a boyfriend that is about... Um, you know, um, first, first of all, um, something along the lines of, you know, I'm not going to say, um, n- never say never to anal sex, okay? Um, let's engage in some anal play. You know, let's just play around, around a bit, you know, work up to it. Um, you know, because, um, you know, t- um, you never know what that might open up, by the way, literally. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, I mean, okay. um, and um, let's make it both ways. Absolutely Let's each open up our minds and our bodies. Which doesn't have to mean, you yeah. know, when you, say no, no, that, when you throw yeah, that out there, some yeah. guys go immediately to you just no. want to shove a dildo in no, my no, ass. No, 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 no. Um, Laying play, a vibrator yeah. against yeah, uh, someone's yeah, exactly. ass Rimming, without putting it you know, in. A finger, you know, whatever. Yeah. Pressure on yeah. the outside, yeah, exactly. no pressure on the exactly. inside. Yeah. Can be very yep. pleasurable for yep. a guy, and uh, and so one of the things also that I really talk to people about in the context of real world sex is 
a lot of people thought that, that my next step after MakeLoveNotPorn.com would be to start my own porn production company. And I would never do that, okay? Um, and and MakeLoveNotPorn.tv is utterly user-generating crowdsourced. We just put a platform out there and we see what the community wants to do with it. But you guys, but, uh, but, uh, uh, you, you, you choose what goes on the site. Um, no, uh, we view it all first. But I said to my team, I want us to design this site and put up our criteria so that our acceptance rate is 99%. And how many videos are there now? Uh, to, uh, at the moment, um, we've got 13 on the platform. We've got four more we're about to upload. And, and we've got a number of people who are in the process of submitting. But I would never have started my own porn production company. Um, a, because I don't believe in imposing my taste on anybody else. But B, because, and this is the point I really want to make, um, sexuality is fluid, you know, to, um, um, you absolutely learn to like things in the course of your sexual life that you might have started out thinking you wouldn't like. I mean, I have that experience. You I've know, had regularly. That yeah, yeah, precisely. And, and so to kind of go, anal sex, no. You know, um, to, I think it's a real mistake. You know, engage in some anal play on both sides. You know, see how that goes. The conversations that come out of that and the different experiences could take you off in other directions. My example but, is always. Ooh. If Bill O'Reilly wanted to pee on you, you'd be like, I'm not trying. No, gross. Get away from me, Bill O'Reilly, with your your dick and your bladder. But if Brad Pitt, yeah. Circa Thelma Louise, yeah. had thrown no. that on the table, you'd be like, oh, I'll think no. about it. Oh, uh, um, no, 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 Dan, absolutely. Because um, people always seize on the fact that I talked about coming on faces in my TED speech, you know, and they go, oh, you don't like, you know, having your face come. And I go, it all depends who's doing the coming. Exactly. Was Bill O'Reilly? No. Brad Pitt, Circa Thelma, even Brad Pitt now. That's what he wanted. It yeah, made him happy. But, uh, but yeah, but, I mean, you, you can. You can be in a situation where you know um, you absolutely would never do something with this one person, but with this other person, you have an amazing connection with. You cannot get bloody enough of it. Um, hi, I'm I'm 22 from Georgia, and uh, this isn't really about me. It's it's more about my best friend and her relationship. It does involve sex, and uh, lately she was getting married. Her ex fiance and her were having some extreme issues. He would never have sex with her. He'd spend all day jerking it to porn, and she didn't know what kind of porn, first of all. Second of all, she was just kind of, you know, sitting there going, oh, I'm never getting it again. You're getting all all, all the time. What are you doing? Like, I'm watching porn with my fiancé because it's fun, and, you know, it gets us going. And then one time she tried to do that. She went to his porn stash. She looks at it, and it's she-male porn. First of all, I have no problem with she-males at all. I think it's kind of nice, you know. It's like a tease, like, oh, you're a pretty girl. Oh, I am the other dick. Um, she was very bothered by it, and this is after they'd broken up, and he, all he did was play video games and jerk it. She just kind of freaked out, and she's only mentioned it to me, but I'm just at first I was like, I don't get the problem. It's just a girl with a dick. But uh, I'm, I'm wondering what can she do with that, because they're going to a couple of counseling and, and stuff, but... So far, all he's done is sit there and say, well, I don't need to change. You should change. And she brought it up with him that she noticed the kind of porn he was watching. And she just, he just shut down. He's like, well, get a strap on. She's like, okay, we'll get a strap on. She never got a strap on. So she's just kind of rejecting it. And she says, I don't know if the kind of sexual partner that he wants. You know, and I'm thinking, well, if that's the case, that's very important in a relationship. Why don't you just, you know, take a break? And it was very, very important to me that my best friend be happy. Before we get to the question, just let me say, shemal is a term that a lot of people in the trans community have issues with, and they, a lot of people in the trans community consider that a hate term. It is a porn genre. Uh, other people in the trans community, outside the trans community, use it to communicate 
a certain thing about a certain type of porn, so we're just going to uh, not bleep that and let it stand. Now, um, this kind of porn, girls with dicks in porn, is hugely popular with straight men. I don't know any gay guys who watch this kind of porn. What's up with that, in your opinion? So I think that, um, you know, shemale porn uh, represents a very intriguing area for a lot of men um, and possibly women. And again, you know, we're talking about a remarkably statistics-free arena, so I've got no idea what the data is on that. Um, and, and so in answer to, um, to the question, well, one of the things I would say is that just generally, if somebody has downloaded female porn, that does not mean that that's the only thing they're into. It could just be that it's part of curiosity exploration and so on. Um, however, separate to that, um, much more crucial in the question we've just heard to me is the fact that he doesn't want to talk about it. Because, uh, and, and by the way, that, that comment about a strap-on is, is, is like a facetious... Put, I mean, I'm, I'm not sure that's a serious response. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, I don't want to talk about it, and so I'm going to say something that will repel you so much that you don't want to pursue the subject. Yeah. Um, obviously, in this case, the fact that he's not having sex with her is a huge issue. Uh, um, the fact he's not talking about it is an even huger issue. And it's that more than the no-sex bit um, that says to me that she, she should leave this relationship. Because if he can't talk about this to his girlfriend, his, you know, at one time fiancé, and he's not prepared to in a way, um, in, 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 a, in what is presumably a safe counselling space mm-hmm. where anybody can say anything in a way that would, ha- would save the relationship. It sounds like a lot of guys who watch this kind of porn or enjoy this kind of porn struggle with issues of, uh, around well, shame. And, and I think you got it backwards. He, she discovered his well, porn. She challenged him on it. He said, well, get a strap on. She said, I will, and then didn't. And so they're kind yeah. of at this impasse uh, now. And I, I think yeah. they should go into counseling yeah. and talk about it. But what you may discover, again, is that well, you're not a uh, match. Well, we don't know how much he's into Shemel. Remember, she's seen one piece of downloaded porn that's Shemel. True. Um, she has brought that up. And as I say, he's made this comment about get a strap on, which, which to me is – that doesn't necessarily say – I only want to have sex with you if you're wearing a strap-on. That says, I don't want to talk about this, so I'm going to say something to you that is my way of terminating this conversation, you know, and not, and not take any further, because for whatever reason, I don't want to talk about it with you. So, um, so I wouldn't extrapolate well, their I think, but, but to Paul. Before I would tell them to break up, I would say that for some guys who are interest, interested in this kind of porn and this kind of mm. sexual activity who get caught... The defenses go up, the walls go up, even sure, higher than they've sure. already gone up because sure. he's withdrawn from you sexually already mm. because of the shame. And if you're at all interested in how Mary Pass, it might save the relationship. That's counseling and yep. all oh, cards yep, on no, the no, table. No. And maybe you guys can push yep. through and find, uh, you know, reestablish yep. a sexual connection. Sure. Um, I just don't want to generalize about men who watch female porn from this, from this one question and the particular circumstances that have been outlined to us. Mm-hmm. So, so, so as I say, my, my key issue is that he, he doesn't seem to want to talk about this at all. And, and that really won't help the ratio. Hey, Dan. I'm just wondering if you maybe have any advice for me. I, wanna, I really want to be one of those girls that's okay with porn and, you know, because it just seems like it's a waste of my emotional turmoil <laughs> to uh, to be so upset by it, but I've never been able to to be okay with it. You know, I'm, I have been with a guy for seven months now, and he's been, you know, he can't really understand my position on it, but he does, he has um, agreed to not watch 
porn, I mean, we, we came to a conclusion of, of things that I was comfortable with. I was comfortable with text. I was comfortable with videos that feature, like, maybe, like, the butt of a woman, as long as there were no breasts or vag, and, you know, there could have as many penises as he wants in it, but I, and he was actually okay with that, um, and, you know, he showed me this calendar that he had that had, like, scantily clad women and asked if I was okay with that, and I am. Um, it's just full frontal or any frontal nudity that I'm not okay with, and I don't understand why it bothers me so much, but it's it's almost impossible for me to really think about it or talk about it without me breaking into tears, which makes me think that there's something deeper going on, and I just don't know what it is. You know, I want to go to a counselor. I want to find out what's going on, um, you know, and I do have a Christian background, so maybe that's part of it. And when I think about, you know, him watching porn or enjoying the sight of another woman's breast, it just makes me want to break down and cry. It just breaks my heart. And I, and I understand that a lot of girls have a hard time with this, but I don't feel like it breaks girls' hearts in the way that it breaks mine. And, I mean, it's always been this way. Even, I mean, from the time that I was little and I knew what a strip club was, I couldn't drive past one without feeling this intense rage. And I don't, I don't get it. So I was wondering if maybe you could help me out. And thank you. Bye. Um, first of all, um, I think um, there's an undoubted demonstration here of the fact that People keep using porn as a blanket term for a whole load of stuff, okay? And porn is not just one thing that you can lump everything into. It's, it's obviously, um, I mean, we use it as a blanket term for a huge spread of stuff, um, uh, in the context of which I go, you know, who does not like to watch other people fucking? You know, uh, think about it like that, and, 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 and not about the massive sort of guilty, dirty, filthy, squalid scenario that comes in. Uh, um, um, and I'm saying that because I think that part of um, the status issue is, is the, the sort of perceptions she's bringing to what she thinks that, that the beauty of the human body is all about. And, and, and she's kind of reframing it in the context of, of porn. I'm, I'm very interested in her comment about... Um, even when she was young, driving past a strip club and feeling enormous rage. Um, I think she's absolutely right, by the way. Um, there are some quite deep-seated issues she has here. Yeah. That, you know, um, and, and she does need to address them because um, you absolutely cannot have a healthy sexual or personal relationship with anybody where you're going, you're allowed to look at these bits of a woman's body in popular culture and, but not these other bits, e- even if your partner is, is okay with that, which fundamentally at heart he can't be. Um, but, but it does sound to me like um, that, 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 that there is something within belief, within um, the culture um, and, you know, I don't know, the, the, the family context she's grown up in, um, and, and, and perhaps um, things that she feels upset about as a woman and in the way she sees, you know, women's situations and, and positions, that, um, you know, um, I, I think she's absolutely right. It would be a really good idea to talk to a therapist about this. Which is, I would just sum all that up as, bitch, be crazy. Not to be cruel to you, caller, mm. and I appreciate you calling mm. and you recognizing your problem, but... This is crazy. Mm. You know, it's not good. What it's is rubbing good. your part? Yeah. You know, what his looking at porn mm. or other women or not just butts. 
is rubbing your nose in is that your partner is going to find other people attractive. That is just yeah. absolutely positively oh, a fact to which yeah. you have to reconcile yourself yeah. or you will never because, have a healthy relationship yeah. ever. Because, um, uh, because it's the fact that he finds women's bodies attractive that is the reason you have a sex life to begin with, although she has not mentioned their sex life um, you know, at, at all. So presumably uh, it's not a problem and they have a good sexual connection. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and how, 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 how are you expected to have a good sexual connection if your partner does not respond in a healthy, biological, normal way to make a female bodies? To visual stimuli, <laughs> yeah, yeah, of which yeah. you are a part. Yeah, you yeah, are precisely, precisely. visual stimulus for him. Yeah. And, to, and to expect that he's, he can shut this off in yeah. all other respects. Yeah. You know, I, I think you need to get a therapist and yeah. really talk about, yeah. you know, the kind of things your parents said or taught you about yeah. sex or your faith taught yeah. you about sex when you were growing up because your attitudes about pornography and about policing your boyfriend's eyes mm, mm. Uh, are uh, at war with human biology, human yeah. nature, no, and it will destabilize and destroy yeah. every relationship you're yeah. in ever. You yeah. will never meet a man who isn't looking at other women um, because mm. all men who are straight do. And mm. you have unrealistic, irrational expectations and they mm. are going to destroy every relationship yeah, no, you're absolutely. in. And this is on you. This is on you to fix. Yeah. Not on him to fix by only looking at bots or submitting yeah, no. every dirty picture he wants yeah. to look at to you for prior mm. approval. Yeah. You gotta fix this. Yeah, no, absolutely. Cindy Gallup, thank you so much uh, for meeting with me here in New York in your amazingly gorgeous apartment. It's called The Black Apartment. It's beautiful. It's staggering. And thank, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us today about MakeLoveNotPorn.com. And now, Beta, just getting off the ground, MakeLoveNotPorn.tv. Check it out. And yes, can I just say to all of your listeners, please go and sign up for Beta. Um, you can click through on makelovenotporn.tv to how it works, where we explain in detail. And we would love all your real-world sex videos. Because trust me, and you will see what I mean when you get access to the platform, real-world sex is more innovative, more creative, more surprising, more amazing, more hot and more arousing than porn will ever be. Cindy Gallup, thank you so much. And we're going to leave it there. 206-201-2720 is the number here at the podcast. I want to thank Cindy Gallup for allowing me to drop by her beautiful and magnificent apartment in New York City with my podcasting gear and uh, record this show. You can see a picture of Cindy in her apartment at thestranger.com slash lovecast with this week's show. 206-201-2720, that's the number if you want to record a call or question. The Savage Lovecast is produced every week by Nancy Hartunian. Me and the tech-savvy at-risk youth, including Nancy, will be back at you next week with another installment of the Savage Lovecast. Thanks for downloading.